أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم شكرا كثيرا Thank you for being with us uh, joining us with Asidra uh, a publication of the Ahlul Bayt Islamic Seminary uh, Thank you for joining us for an interview um, We'd like to talk to you a little bit about your current research projects current research interests um, uh, what you're interested in, in writing on and um, kind of sharing with the community We'd like to first begin with asking you to uh, give us a little bit of a short elaboration on your educational background. Wa alaikum salam and thank you for uh, for inviting me and giving me this, this opportunity. As for my educational background, um, it's an eclectic mix of mm -hmm. academic, <coughs> of university academics and traditional seminarian studies. Mm -hmm. I have a degree from the University of Toronto. Mm -hmm in Arabic and Islamic studies and a master's in religion from Concordia University and at the same time I've attended the houses of uh, the Hazrat Mia of London and the Hazza in Syria, <coughs> Hazza al Qaim in Sayyidah Zainab in Damascus. Um, and then I returned and I um, did my PhD, well, working on my PhD towards completing my PhD in religious studies and philosophy of religion. Very good. And, um, uh, you mentioned your PhD, and I know prior to this we, we've spoken a little bit about your, your current uh, academic research. Wondering if you could uh, provide a small introduction to uh, the general theme of your research, and then maybe we can go into some details about um, the benefits of your research, um, who you're working with um, in terms of academics and perhaps also ulama. And also, um, what intrigues you about this research? What has driven you to to undertake this particular project. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, my research, my current doctoral research, uh, revolves around devotional literature, the substance and nature of devotional literature in 12 Rashias, in, in, among the Imamiya. Mm -hmm. So specifically, I'm interested in the earliest prayers mm -hmm. and the contents of these prayers, whether they be du'as mm -hmm. or whether they be ziyara, mm -hmm. devotional elegies. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in both the history and the content of these texts, uh, beginning with Al-Kafi or even before the uh, Kulaini's Al-Kafi and going forward. Um, and I'm also interested specifically in the purpose of these texts and their, um, the audience that they were meant for, right? And drawing a connection between the content of these texts, which are at once very scholarly, uh, at times very abstract, mm. perhaps you could say philosophical. Mm. And on the other hand, they're meant um, and meant for and given to the general public mm. to read and mm. recite. Mm. So we really see an intersection of devotion, of public devotion, of general devotion, and profound scholarly concerns. Because when we read the content of these liturgies and these prayers, we see, uh, you know, we notice certain themes that are, that require a lot of understanding mm -hmm. and thinking mm -hmm. and reflection upon the Quran and the Ahadith mm -hmm. in order to uh, understand them and appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, they were cited by people who from the ages of three or four mm -hmm. until the end of someone's life. Mm -hmm. So it's really the, it's an intersection between scholarship and, and general devotion. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a nexus and a braiding of multiple mm -hmm. concerns. I mm -hmm. find that very interesting, and I call that devotional theology. Mm -hmm. Devotional theology? Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned you're doing this at McMaster's? Is that yes, at McMaster. So um, 
who are you working with in terms of um, uh, academic yeah. academic scholars that you're working with? And also, are you working with any ulama on this project? Have yes. any ulama uh, taken interest in this? And also, um, this is not something familiar, I think, to, to most of us as, as common kind of worshippers in, in Shia, um, that there is, we tend to treat du'a as something that we read, we may not even understand mm-hmm. what they're even saying. We, we do it, as you said, very devotionally, but sometimes without any understanding. So is it, a, is it something in, our, in the history of our, our scholarship that these du'a have been kind of researched and commented upon, and has that, um, you, you're mentioning this kind of theological information embedded within yeah. these prayers, have they been kind of uh, taken out and kind of commented upon and, yeah. and researched? That's a good question. Well, as for your first part of your question, which is the scholars that I'm working with, my supervisor, my doctoral supervisor is Dr. Liaquit Taki, okay. uh, who is the Sharjah Chair of Global Islam at McMaster University, okay. and he's been a great uh, supporter and mentor through many years, mm-hmm. and I'm very glad <coughs> to be working with him. Mm-hmm. At McMaster University, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful opportunity. I also work with Dr. Todd Lawson and other okay. scholars okay. Uh, yeah, who are well known. At, uh, he's from the University of Toronto, mm-hmm. yes, but he's also on my on my thesis committee. Right. So I work with them, you know, uh, different scholars. Some mm-hmm. scholars are on my committee. Some scholars I'm just in touch with okay. within the academy. And mm-hmm. as for the traditional um, scholars of the Hausa. Mm-hmm. Uh, although Dr. Takim is also studying the Hausa too, so we could definitely say he's from the Hausa as mm-hmm. well. But mm-hmm. let us say scholars from who are outside of the university sure. per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work very closely with Sayyid Muhammad Uzri okay. in Toronto mm-hmm. um, on many, many, many different issues. Mm-hmm. And um, he's uh, a real incredible support mm-hmm. to me and to my research and the things that I'm working on in, in, in every regard and in every respect. Mm-hmm. Um, abroad, I work with Sayyid Ali Milani, I told Sayyid Ali Milani. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Sayyid Hussein Murtaza in the city of Qom, okay. with uh, some of the people at the Kashf al Ghutta Foundation. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of work at the Kashf al Ghutta Foundation in Najaf with Sheikh okay. Ahmed Kashf al Ghutta, Sheikh Muhammad Hassan al Muballiq, mm-hmm. and the various scholars, Sheikh Ahmed Amini, the son mm-hmm. of the writer of Al Ghadir. Mm-hmm. His son, Sheikh mm-hmm. Ahmed Amini, mm-hmm. we're very, I'm very close to him, mm-hmm. and he's been an amazing help to mm-hmm. me. The manuscripts that I require and the things that I need from the library, he's been an incredible assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there is Sayyid Rafi'i, uh, he has an entire institute known as Mosasat al-Imam al-Hadi, that's the Imam al-Hadi Institute. And this institute, a part of this institute is devoted only to discussion of ziyarat, the whole institute, imagine. You know, and they have a book, it's seven volumes, called Mosu'at, Ziyarat al-Ma'asumin, a collection of all the various devotional elegies of ziyarat, of the various infallibles. Um, and their and their explanation and authenticity mm. and history mm. it's in seven volumes. Mm. It's a wonderful work with Sayyid Rafi'i mm. produced at his mm. institute. And these are some of the scholars. Another one would be, of course, Sheikh Mahdi Asifi mm. in Najaf al-Ashraf, who has a famous book, Du'a in the Ahl al-Bayt, which is a wonderful book, which is Du'a in the view of the Ahl al-Bayt. That's for the first, that's as for your first question. As for the second question, uh, which is uh, the... The lack of information or the lack of awareness mm-hmm. generally of these du'as and then when we look at what is actually contained in them we see that there's so much information right. and so much important elements in them. Um, I think lack of information is also partly due to the fact that 
people don't always reflect over the meaning of these things. They just recite them, but they don't necessarily reflect on their meaning. And dua, unlike Quran, the rewards of a dua, I won't say are null, mm. but they certainly are not um, very poignant mm. without understanding. Mm -hmm. Where the Quran, on the other hand, is different. Mm. Just the act of listening to the Quran can change someone's heart. Mm. But with dua, there is a need to understand what is being said mm -hmm. because we are asking God for something. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we are sending our salam to the imam. Mm -hmm. So how can we ask God for something if we don't even know what we're asking mm -hmm. for? Mm -hmm. Seems very commonsensical, right? but never treated uh, You know, so I mean, um, how can we worship a God that we don't know, mm -hmm. first of all? So we have to think of, of, all, these, of all these various issues, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why I think it's important it's an important subject for me to explore, mm -hmm. especially the various theological themes within these du'as or the mystical themes within these du'as and ziyarat. Mm -hmm. For example, the theme of love, the theme of repentance, of traveling to God, of uh, uh, you know, profound guilt, mm -hmm. admission, mm -hmm. confession. Mm -hmm. These are all various themes and motifs that we see in both du'a and ziyarat. Mm -hmm. Ziyarat in, in a different sense, not in the sense of du'a, not in the same way, mm -hmm. but these are some general themes that we see in this kind of literature, which I think, it, you know, it's, uh, it's been a long time, you know, before, you know, we have many English publications. There are some, like the work on du'a mm -hmm. yes. um, and others, but there are one or two, really. Oh, right. In a sea of thousands and thousands of, of, of pages of literature. Mm -hmm. In the Arabic-speaking world and the Persian-speaking world, there's a lot of literature, mm -hmm. of course. My great scholars, like said Ismail al-Sadr, mm -hmm. who is, uh, leads the prayers in Imam Musa al-Kadhim's haram, mm -hmm. um, in the Kadhimin haram. Mm -hmm. Uh, where we have Imam al-Jawad and Imam al-Khatim, of course, buried there. He leads the prayers and he has, for example, a five-volume work on Dua Makarim al-Akhlaq. Mm. He has a two-volume work on Saif al yeah. He has a work on Dua Qumail. He has multiple works yeah. on Dua and Ziyaras. Or, for example, the Imam of Jum'ah in Najaf al-Ashraf, Sayyid Sadruddin al-Kupanji, who I myself know and have met him, uh, he has multiple works. For example, he has a commentary on Dua Abu Samari which was a series of lectures that he gave. Okay. It's in two or three volumes. Mm -hmm. He has a work on Ziyarat al-Ashura as well. Mm -hmm. So there are the scholars, it's not the shortage of having scholars. The scholars, mashallah, are writing and are working very hard on these subjects. But of course, in comparison to other forms of scholarship, it's still very minimal, very, very minimal. Mm -hmm. If you consider how many scholars we have and consider how many people are working on this subject, it's, you know, it's not that much. And even Sayyid Sistani himself, when I, you know, when I met him to talk about mm -hmm. these, this issue, mm -hmm. mentioned that, that, you yeah. know, that we really don't have much literature mm -hmm. on, this, on this subject. So it's a, it's a good subject to write on mm -hmm. for that reason as well. Mm -hmm. So with that said, um, you mentioned a lot of uh, contemporary scholars who are yes. working on these issues. Um, historically, how has this fleshed out? Is this something that has a long history of long engagement with um, this research and study of this dua? Or is this a modern kind of discipline within the Hausa, um, and, and how prominent is it, and do you, th you mentioned that it's kind of minimal compared to other scholarships, in terms of fiqh, for instance, vis-a-vis -vis um, Is it something that's growing in importance, you think? Is this something that we'll find more and more research done on, or is this something that will always be kind of a, a smaller engagement? I can't really tell the future, but what sure. I can say is, of course, it will never be as important as fiqh, because fiqh has to do with daily 
issues which pertain to those, that which is permissible and impermissible. It's so important, right? It's so vitally important, felt in its explanation and its commentary. And it's, of course, the beating heart of the Hawza is fiqh and bath al kharij. So it's, I, I don't see it in any way, of course, it's not, not as a competition of any sort. Uh, but, however, as for the history of this kind of scholarship, it's a wonderful question, and I don't have all the answers to this at this moment. This is something that I'm working on. There are some manuscripts in my possession, for example, from Al-Alam Al-Hilli, who has a commentary, some discussion on du'a. Uh, I would say this began with Ibn Tawus, who was in the 7th century, or we could say the 13th century of the Gregorian era. I don't, I don't entirely remember how that translates into history, but nevertheless, he was in the 13th century of the, uh, the common era, uh, during the time of the fall of Baghdad. And he has a book, a series of books on du'a. For example, Falal Sa'i, Iqbal al-A'mal, Muhajj al-Da'awat, uh, and many other books. For example, he has an entire book on istikhara, for example, a huge book. He has an entire book on the times of which you should travel and stay at home, and the du'as to recite when traveling. We could say he devoted much of his life to du'a, and he is perhaps the most important scholar in this subject uh, who commented upon du'a. Of course, the compilation of du'a is something that goes back to the time of the imams. But the commentary on du'a, or the notes on du'a, we could say perhaps began with Ibn Tawus. If not earlier, maybe earlier as well. There are other things as well that could be earlier. Again, there are many manuscripts that have been left unexplored up, up to this point that we still have to do work. From Ibn Tawus going forward, we see so many, like Ibn Fahd al-Hindi, for example, or Tudani, right? Which is a, a very, a very uh, famous work, right? On du'a and the importance of du'a and how to make du'a and why you make du'a and even some commentary. Now, as far as commentaries and 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 like and shuruh, uh, or explanations of du'as, we really see this with Shahid al-Fani, who has a commentary on Saif al-Sajadiyya, uh, which was in a manuscript until just recently, and it was published. So we have um, a lot of commentaries on Saif al-Sajadiyya, for sure, of Shahid al-Fani, um, of Sayyidina Amatullah Jazari, Muhammad Taqi al-Majlisi, uh, Sheikh al-Baha'i, and others, who have commented on du'a. Uh, and then we also have larger compilations, like 10 volumes, 7 volume commentaries on Saif al during the Safawid period, in the later Safawid period as well. And then going forward, the ulama have done so much work, and the best way to know would be to look up the word du'a in Al-Dhari'a al-Tasanif al-Shi'a of Aghavaz of Tehrani, which is a biobibliographical work. And if we look up um, du'a or ziyarat in these works, we can find shar or we can find some instances of commentaries, or we can go to earlier books of that nature and see what we find as well. And this is, this is the work of a researcher and a historian and um, what needs to be done. And, and some of the work that, that, um, that I've been tasked with, uh, with carrying out. So um, just to, to conclude, um, uh, looking forward, um, how do you think your research um, can perhaps give insight to the community, um, is this something that you think will benefit the community at large, or is it primarily an academic kind of engagement? And um, maybe the last question would be, um, 
how would how would you recommend perhaps a community um, who does not necessarily know Arabic so um, begin to engage with du'a in a more in a way that we do understand, like as you mentioned, we, we must understand what we're even tasked with doing when we're engaging this worship, so that we can grow spiritually from these these texts and so on. Well, as for the first part of your question, which is the relevance to the community, I think that this kind of work, of course, it is academic. The things that we deal with are, are some, you know, are um, abstract issues, you know, abstract theological issues. However, there is a component of it which is very which I think is appealing to, you know, to people outside of the academy or outside of the Hausa, which is the fact that people communicate with God and with the Imams using these prayers on a daily basis, uh, on a weekly basis, a monthly basis and a yearly basis. So I think there is a desire to know more about what it is that they're, that, they're, that, they're, that they're doing. So from that perspective, I think it will be a contribution. Perhaps two works will have to be written. One work as a thesis and then one work as um, a more general publication, which is not filled with so much technical jargon and footnotes and so on and so forth. And this is what some great scholars have advised me of as well, to, to actually do two separate works. Finish one work and then do another work which is more uh, accessible. Um, and as for your second question, what was it again? Remind me. Do you have any suggestions for the community in terms of um, uh, who may not have the... Ah, uh, yes, regarding skills. translation, right? Is translation, yeah. is translation for yeah. instance, a useful uh, way to understand the dua and to engage in that prayer? It seems like we, there's a notion that we must say it in Arabic, there's Baraka in the Arabic itself, in the original text. How do we kind of reconcile that tension because sometimes when we do it in its original language you have no idea what we're even saying. Do you have any suggestions for kind of reconciling that? Yeah, you know, this is a difficult uh, issue. Um, but my first piece of advice would be to read the translation. If you go to a website like du'as.org, you'll find a translation from most of these du'as and ziarat. To begin by at least reading the translation, Become accustomed to the key terms and the words that are used in these prayers so that when you hear them, you remember what they mean. Uh, so develop a good Islamic lexicon. That's important. Develop, even if you don't understand the Arabic or you're not fluent in classical Arabic, you can at least understand the main terms, right? Such as mercy and forgiveness and love and sadness and tears and, and pledge of allegiance and peace and... Uh, and all of these things which we find in both du'a and ziyarat. That's important, I think. And I think if someone dedicates themselves to that, to try that, try at least to do that, that then these prayers will have, and devotions will have a lot more meaning to them, uh, to those individuals. Um, and as for reciting it in English, there's no problem in reciting it in English. It's not like the salah. Uh, but... I believe there is, of course, as you said, a barakah. There's some kind of blessing in the Arabic of the imams uh, as, as, it, as, they've, as they've given it to us. Perhaps we could read some in English, some in Arabic. There's no problem with that. But I think the Arabic has a certain prose and rhythm and movement that the English doesn't have. And when it's just recited in a beautiful tone and in a moving way, it can touch the heart. And we should have, for example, translation running, PowerPoint translations running so people can follow along. 
I found that that's very helpful in most centers. Uh, and eventually people actually memorize and understand the meanings because they are, are always reading the subtitles. So they're connecting the Arabic words to the subtitle, to the subtitles, and then they develop a greater and more profound spiritual connection to these various devotions. So thank you very much for, for being with us, Sheikh, and um, we wish you all the best and all success in Tawfiq as you continue your research. And I know that it's very ta uh, taxing to, to write your thesis, but we wish you success in that. And we hope that we can follow up with you as you develop your texts in the future and have further conversation with you, inshallah. Inshallah, that would be my pleasure, and thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.